I don't have any. Hey, it's Crimson. And what would really help me out if you go to my YouTube channel, Crimson60620, and then pop up Crimson and hit that subscribe button. Other than that, if you want to help me out, you can check out my Patreon page at Crimson60620 PS4 Gaming. And just thank you for listening. I had to take a look at some of their other content. Now, I had planned on doing this video like a week and a half ago. And I actually had a Discord chat with our favorite contrarian motherfucker, Wajita. And I was like, man, we need to do, I like, I really need to do this video. Now, mind you, mind you, mind you, he has his own channel. He's done some editing for me. And, um, yeah, if we can get to that 800 subscriber count, like, like, share, and subscribe, we can actually probably start paying him for at least part-time for doing some video editing and making sure that, you know, the channel can actually get good. By the way, like, share, and subscribe. Um, but I showed him this video, and, um, yeah, yeah. This was the thing that we had, and we actually had the conversation, and I literally saw him putting in the work for this. And, um, wow, I, I didn't realize how great he was at writing this video. And, um, the comment is here. And I'm going to be going over some of the same things because I was there when we were actually reviewing it. But the comment is here. And um, just to give you guys a heads up about the things with this video. Let's just look at this. This is my man's comment. This is my man's comment. Yeah, this is my man's comment. With, with the fucking um with the actual time steps and everything. And like I'm stealing his content. I am stealing his content that he originally stole from me. But let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Why aren't there more black socialists? Easy, because black people think that capitalism is gonna win. But you can't fight fire with fire. You have to sometimes, you have to fight fire with water. But let's go. Fight simple answers in the video. The Democratic Socialists of America, or DSA, is the largest socialist organization in the United States with almost 100,000 members, the vast majority of whom joined in the last seven years. Social okay. Young, active, political people. That's the thing. Like, it, it, it's just, it's a thing. Yeah, that's what happened. The election of Barack Obama after the financial crisis has led to a more prominent socialist push, especially with the candidacy of Bernie Sanders. It's not that it's not that hard to actually really, really come down to it. But let's go. Socialists continue to fight an uphill battle for relevance in America, but there's no doubt they've been having a moment for the past few years, almost certainly sparked by the sudden popularity of Senator Bernie Sanders, who I'll talk about later. The vast majority of DSA members, however. So, 
this is a breakdown. So, what does this have to do with anything? Anything at all? So, wait, 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 wait. A majority are millennials who are just getting into the political commentary, and these are mostly younger millennials. Boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, and then Gen Alpha. Wait, this is just a changing demographic of politics that's happening in the country. All right, let's go. Are straight, cis, white, male millennials. It is decidedly white up in there. Now, not every American socialist is a... Also, because black people have been fed the lie that capitalism will actually save the black community. Look at the prominence of rich, of a lot of rich black people. Like, no, no, that's, that's not a thing. Like, it is a real issue where we're taught that economics, capitalist economics is going to save us with capitalist economics and brought us into this fucking system that we're in. But let's go. Member of DSA, but many people have made the argument that these lefties have a bit of a diversity problem. For some masochistic reason, I've decided to talk about that today. That's what. Because you are not really trying to solve the problem, you're just trying to highlight. Look at these. I hate to say it like this. It's more of a look at these. Look at these cringy white people who are in the DSA. I'm surprised he doesn't show that cringy ass video. But uh, let's go. This video is about. This video is sponsored by the Curiosity Stream and Nebula Bundle. No. Nebula. I like no. interesting for no. algenal content. We do thought provokes how the I can so well that we use my code offering you guys both curiosity. Hi, I'm T1J. Follow me. Growing up, my family mostly lived in urban, lower-income, all-black neighborhoods, also known as the hood. When I was a little kid, I just enjoyed life and played with my G.I. Joes or my NES, but over time, I realized that those video games I love... What does this have anything to do with the situation other than saying that we're tricked at saying capitalism is good for us? Here, coming from me who belongs to the... Um, YPLS in the Socialist Party as a kid, and I was one of the original Socialist Party member who went to uh, who who went with um, Harrington to form the Democratic Socialist Organization Committee that merged to the new uh, movement to become DSA. Like I, what kills me is. It never acknowledges the problem with with these people. It, they never acknowledge the problem. They just want to complain about the shit. But let's go. Love so much weren't pulled from thin air by my parents. They cost money, and although my parents worked very hard to give me and my siblings as comfortable a life as possible, I became acutely aware of the fact that my family didn't have all that much money compared to some other folks. And I wanted to figure out how to fix that, not only for myself and my family, but other people in the community. Trying to push a more just economic system push a more just economic system push a more just economic system that's just simple it is literally that simple but no 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 yeah, yeah. grind rise and grind yeah, let's rise and grind 
find a good job was a potential option. I could conceive of the possibility that not all black people were broke, but every adult in my community had traditional jobs, many of whom seemed very intelligent and hardworking, and they still mostly struggled and sacrificed. So push for a be better economic system that helps everybody. Push for a better economic system that helps everybody. Yeah, his, his answer is libertarianism. Yeah, exactly. I was skeptical of that one off the jump. Now, when you're a young black boy in the hood and you're looking for black people to study and emulate who made better lives for themselves, you might recall that there's plenty of wealthy black rappers, singers, actors, comedians. And I never wanted to be any of them. Like, th like this is, it's so limited in scope of your imagination of who you want to be. If you think, I just want to be rich versus saying like, no, this this shit is fucked up. This shit is broken. How do we fix this shit? You don't care about other people. You just care about yourself and maybe your immediate family. But let's go. Comedians, athletes, and other celebrities. Some of those folks started out in the hood and found a way to get some white folks to give them a shit ton of money. And And this is the problem. If you look at it that way, this is the problem. Maybe because I was always one of those, fuck, why do we have to do this, kids? Fuck, why Why do we have to just stand in these confines, kids? Maybe because I was always one of those kids, I, I just don't get this whole idea. Like, oh, we gonna, you, you got you to gotta change the system from inside the system, inside the belly of the beast. But let's go. These folks weren't just living well. They were thriving and taking care of their families and communities and enjoying. No, they're not taking care of their communities. They're taking care of their immediate families, but they weren't taking care of their communities. They weren't. They weren't. Motherfucker, I, I was there with some of these motherfuckers. They weren't taking care of their communities. Ask Jay-Z how he tried to start a cryptocurrency scheme. Um, school, excuse me, school. Um, in the Mossy Projects after crypto was already felt. Enjoying the finer things in life. As I grew older, I learned more about politics and the economy and government corruption. And yet you're still looking at things with the myopic lens of a teenager. Uh, I want nice things. All right, let's go. And then corporate greed. And I realized that it would take major systemic reform to even begin to tackle the problem of poverty in general, much less. All right, let's. within the black community. Black people were never going to rap or slam dunk their way out of poverty. So you recognize what the problem is, but you're just like, nah, fuck it. We're just gonna still try to do that shit. All right, let's go. Can't all be Denzel or Jay-Z or Oprah. And we shouldn't have to be. Whether or not we get to keep our lights on should not depend on our ability to entertain white people. Says the guy with the YouTube channel. All right, let's go. Let's go. But, and I know I'm seeming to be harsh, but this is just that projection that I'm talking about. Instead, like, he is proving right now why it's hard to get out a message that maybe we should do socialism. Maybe we should do socialism. But I'm not talking about the whole authoritarian Marxist Leninist bullshit. I'm talking Animals about. Don't be thank you. Thank you uh, for signing up. Um, for a subscriber, but maybe we should do socialism. You know, the system that has more economic rights for workers, that has more 
just allows for more people to, I don't know, take advantage of or take more access to the wealth and income that we have in this country instead of it going to the top 1%. But let's go. It's like, here, he, he mentions the point where he's like, you can't rap or sing or act. We literally had the Jay-Z leak, like, um, Twitter call thing. Where he's like, yo, why are you calling me a capitalist? That's like calling a black person the N-word. Where Jay-Z literally has a fucking, uh, a fucking aside, a fucking in, um, interlude where he's talking about how people get taken advantage by the record company and how we taken advantage because of the fucking, you know, all of these motherfucking predatory instincts that take advantage of young rappers' careers. And now he has title. And now he isn't. That's why. That's why. Because they don't believe in the bullshit of, oh, we need to fucking get rid of the system. They just don't want to be the targets of the fucked up ass system. Well, let's go. The fact remain, that was pretty much the only solution to black poverty that I had ever seen work in real life. And that's honestly kind of still the case. Most. No, it's not. It's the one that takes the least amount of effort. Changing the system takes a lot of effort. It takes buy-in. And a lot of people don't want that buy-in. But let's go. Tried and true methods of wealth production either require you to already have money, like investing or starting your own. Again, wow, again, here's where the problem is. If you're framing it as I need to be rich in the current system that is fucking most people over, you're pointing to the exceptions, not the rule. You're literally saying, I don't give a fuck about other people in this situation. What can help me? Well, let's go. Own business is very difficult for most poor people, or they require you to have or be willing and able to develop a marketable skill that someone will pay you large amounts of money for, like being a great lawyer or athlete, which is very often expensive itself. If Does he not realize he's doing the thing? Does he not realize he's really doing the thing? I, does he not realize he's doing the thing? But let's go. If you have to pay for education and training and is arguably harder to pull off because it often requires a lot of good luck and being in the right place at the right time. You might be able to sing and dance just like Beyonce, but if your daddy works two jobs and your mama's old beat up car won't start, you might not make it to that important audition. The systems of building wealth in America are usually out of reach for poor and working class people. So let's, I don't know most of this video is like, why not change the system? Why not change the system? But that's just, just just it. You're advocating to stay in this myopic view, this myopic system, because it's easy and you may get a chance. Or you, you kind of already have your chance. But let's go. And often middle class people as well. And it's even more difficult for black people who are essentially starting from behind due to America's legacy of racism and oppression. And I think it's clear that's at least partially by design. Rich people have demonstrated over time that by and large, they like getting richer, but they can't get richer if everyone else is also getting richer. There are a lot of resources available, absolutely, but it is still a finite amount. And one of the most valuable- And planets of the capitalism. What resource? Money is not a, re is not a finite amount. We fucking made it up. All right, let's let's go. 
unlimitable resources that wealthy people have is political power, especially in America, which has legalized unlimited donations to organizations associated with political campaigns and literally bribing sitting legislators. All this is utilized to mold. So you're literally saying that you can't out capitalize, out spend, out own all of this system. So why not change the fucking system? That's just it. You know what the problems in the system? Again, it's more of a. It's not that I don't like the system. I just don't like being the target of it. But let's continue. Hold the laws of the land, which, among other awful things, ensures that most wealth continues to be funneled to the already wealthy. In my opinion, this is one of the most problematic aspects of capitalism, and anyone who wishes to preserve capitalism would need to provide a cogent solution to this. But this whole time, in the background, there were these little voices, little hands raising up in the back of the class. Well, if this system is so bad and causes so much inequality, why don't we, like, do a different one? No one really took these voices too seriously, and depending on what era of history it was, saying shit like that could literally be considered treason. But with the advent of the internet, and social media, these voices got louder and more organized. And as political corruption and the obvious failings of American capitalism kept being put on full display over and over again, these people started to sound a little more persuasive. If Twitter were any indication of the state of society, which it is not, thank God, you might think these people were now the majority. But yeah. Does, does he realize this he's in his bubble? Does he, okay. Uh, and that's another reason, and I'm going to actually say this. And here, let me just bring it in close for her. And I'm going to actually say this. One of the reasons why more black people aren't more socially progressive, aren't more economically progressive, is because our lack of access to technology where we communicate. One of the things that did lead me down my progressive journey is I had cable and I had internet. My house was an early internet adapter. So, um, plus, I went to a high school where we had like access to the internet. So if you don't have access to the resources of learning and have not been encouraged to do extracurricular activities, if you're just been encouraged to learn enough for the job that you have or learn enough just to make it through the world, yeah, of course, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna find that love of just learning. And I want, and I keep saying it, and I keep saying it, and I keep saying it, I want more black people to interact with YouTube and Twitch and all the other good shit. Even people that I disagree with, I want them to be able to get in spaces and talk to people outside of their community, outside of their comfort group, to, one, promote the idea that, you know, we're people, but two, so they can actually interact and learn about other interactions with other people. So yeah, a technology, a technological barrier does actually exist. And with technology being cheaper and more affordable and internet being more affordable and more open, I hope that change happens and we have less, more, well, more or less conservative black people, I know that in the ceremony, but let's continue. Maybe we do need to do something different. The rising popularity of Bernie Sanders should be remembered as a pivotal arc in American history, in my opinion. Bernie Sanders is a United States senator who was known for his long history of championing socially and economically progressive policies like single-payer health care, free college, and workplace democracy. All of which would help black people. No. Like, that. that's just... That is just it. It's 
all of that would actually help black people. One of my things that I've always said, we need Medicare for all with the mental health component, workplace democracy, which would allow for more people to have economic freedom and increase their wage and decrease the motherfucking wage gap that has actually grown. And all yeah, government is if government paid college, more education, but it yeah no, that's a problem for some reason. Let's go. He ran for president twice, and although he failed to secure the nomination both times, his unexpected popularity was remarkable and unprecedented. It's not that his views and positions are so groundbreaking. There have been plenty of American political figures with similar or more radical views. And a lot of Sanders' policy proposals have already been on the books in other countries for years. But Bernie Sanders somehow managed to craft an unambiguous, uncompromising platform of social democracy and make the people of the United States, as well as the mainstream media, take it seriously. I don't know that anyone else had done that before. Like, for example, in 2009, newly elected President Barack Obama was trying to garner support for the health care bill that quickly became known as Obamacare. The main point of the bill was to expand access to health insurance. And it was just Romney care on the government, on the federal level. That's it. It didn't make health insurance free. It didn't even really make it cheaper for most people. It just made it so that more people had it, which I think. And again, it literally was just Romney care on a federal level. It was nowhere near socialist. But let, let's go, let's go. It's still better than how it was before. That's just me. Obama and his allies had a lot of trouble selling this to Congress, even to Democrats, and they were forced to make a lot of concessions, notably including the removal of a public health care option, which would have provided cheap, if not free health care for those having trouble paying for private health insurance and could have potentially forced private companies to compete by lowering their own prices or providing higher quality health care. Fast forward a few years and we've got Bernie Sanders hoping to succeed Barack Obama running for president as a Democrat. And this guy not only wants health care to be universally accessible, he says he's going to make it completely free. Obamacare this ain't. And again, Bernie Sanders is not the first politician to propose free universal health care, but I think he's the first American politician to make people take it, as well as a host of other progressive policies, seriously in a big way. A whole video could be done examining exactly how he was able to do that. Little... Why don't you make that video? I, I, I know I'm just talking to a wall, but why don't you make that video? But let's go out of the scope of this one, though. But there's no question that Bernie Sanders captured the hearts and minds of American voters and was a serious candidate that had a real shot of securing the presidency. And even though he failed to do that, his popularity definitely forced the Democratic Party to rethink their whole brand. And why was that the case, though? Like, we, we know that the DNC actually did a lot of things to make sure Hillary was a nomination. We know that. We we know that. We see that. We saw that it was diagnosed in the, the, the debrief of the election. We know that. Don't just leave it at that. It wasn't that his ideas weren't popular. It was that the DNC like screwed the Bernie candidacy over. Well, let's go. To the extent that the second time Bernie Sanders ran for president, a surprising number of his Democratic opponents supported some form of free health care. And in general, many observers, including myself, would say that the Democratic Party has undergone a leftward shift since Sanders' presidential bid. But let's not... Somewhat. Somewhat. Get crazy. They're still the same liberal capitalist Democrats we oh so adore. Another very interesting thing about Bernie Sanders is that he openly identifies as a Democratic Socialist, and he used that identification as part of his messaging while campaigning. Well, we're going to win because first we're going to explain what Democratic Socialism is. 
And what democratic socialism is about is saying that it is immoral and wrong that the top one-tenth of one percent in this country own almost as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent. There's debate about just how socialist his actual policy proposals are. Sanders supported. It's better than what we have now. All right, let, let's go large-scale reforms to the American economic system, but he never quite suggested dismantling its capitalist foundation. But as far as I know, this is consistent with the positions of many democratic socialists who believe we should take incremental steps towards socialism, starting with practical reforms of the current capitalistic system. Of course, some socialists don't agree with this, believing that capitalism is evil and should be destroyed immediately. A common American trope is our misunderstanding and demonization of socialism. To be fair, socialism is an incredibly complex concept that's made even more complex by the fact that a lot of people have adopted it as part of their personal identity identity, which inevitably adds a layer of subjectivity to its definition. But of course, a big part. Uh, uh, all right. No, let's go. Let's go. I'm not American discomfort with I'm not going to get myself in trouble that way, but let's go is a carryover from the Red Scare propaganda that was rampant during and immediately after the World Wars and has arguably been reignited through America's tense relationship with China. I'll take this case to the Supreme Court. China's not a socialist country. It's not. It's an authoritarian country. I, I, okay, let's go. Is the Supreme Court. Our decision is as follows. No more private property. No more you. Americans are constantly told that all forms of socialism are evil and bad. Whenever really so I want to actually make a point. Do you see how he played that video, that whole video in complete context? And, like, is propaganda... I, this is going to be the reason. Of, this is going to lead to the reason why I had to actually make this video. But let's go. Really, quite told why evil is kind of just baked into the definition, kind of like fascism. We know it's bad, even if we don't really know what it is. Either way, it's not something most American politicians want to be associated with. You could be the most neoliberal corporatist of all time, as a large amount of American politicians are, but if you say that the government should spend money on anything, you very well might be called a socialist, usually by Republicans. But Democrats have historically been just as hostile to the idea of socialism as Republicans are, most likely believing that it would alienate them from more moderate voters. And also because almost all of them are literally not socialists. I'm not a socialist. I'm a mainstream Democrat and I have been. So Bernie Sanders. So why would you bring this up when you're talking about socialism and democratic socialists? It doesn't make sense other than to specifically try to tie Bernie Sanders into the Democratic Party. Other than the fact that that's the way he was trying to win the nomination. It's a dishonest frame. It's trying to tie him to this kind of, oh, he doesn't really want change. He's already started to build that case. He doesn't really want change. He just wants to come in with a label. But let's go. Proudly identifying as a socialist would seem to be political suicide. And let's be honest, maybe it did have something to do with why he ultimately failed to win the Democratic nomination. I recall the obnoxious discourse about electability. But it wasn't a huge blow to his esteem that you might expect given our political climate. Bernie Sanders made socialists less of a naughty word. Despite the almost fairy tale success of Bernie Sanders, there was one very notable and ongoing shortcoming that plagued him throughout both of his bids for president. Throughout the campaign, Sanders struggled to match the support Clinton received from black voters. The fact of the matter, Joe Biden beat Bernie Sanders by 40 points with African-American voters. Now, I'm going to let him play his clip. But thanks to the efforts of Wajita, and I'm going to source them in this video when it comes out. Don't worry, dog. We got you. Let's go. 
before the, the question is about, as president, what would you do with the rise of white supremacist violence right. to protect our communities? Absolutely. Ooh, I, I know I date myself a little bit here, but I actually was at the March on Washington with Dr. King back in 1963. This man used the I have a black friend defense about Martin Luther King Jr. The polit- So, 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 this is the reason why I actually had to do this video. This dishonest ass framing that is seen in this video. So, we saw that clip, right? We saw that clip. Let's actually watch the actual clip in context. Here. Wait, 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 wait. Here it is. Let's watch that clip in context. Let's go. Me, let me answer it. Don't make a whole lot of can that we will not accept discrimination in the work. And this, this is going to be a little bit long, but we're going to actually watch this clip. Let's 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 watch this clip, and I got to speed it up just a little bit. I'll do one point five. Let's go. Of some form of physical violence by an intimate partner within their lifetime. That's all of us in this room and across the country. One in five women have been raped. And further, each year, thousands of women and girls, particularly black women and girls, indigenous and transgender, are kidnapped, trafficked, or murdered. What is your plan and what would you, you, your plan be as president to end gender-based violence? So the first question, he actually gives this answer. Let's watch. Well, for a start, we have got to recognize the severity of the program, of the problem and make sure that this does not continue to exist, all right? And that means, by the way, not only specific plans and programs, it means a fundamental change in the culture of this country, all right? And that means that every woman in a job feels safe in the workplace, they feel safe on campus, that anybody who rapes or harasses understand there will be a severe penalty to be paid for that. So you see how he starts to answer saying that, well, let's, Look at the bigger problem, and then let's bring it down to it. This is the context of the clip. And where is it? Here. Let's see. Is this it? First of all, but we have got to make it very clear that the type of demagoguery we are seeing from the Trump... Uh, that's, that's another one. ...will not be, as the current one is, doing that. So what do you do? Wait, I have dedicated it? my life to the fight against racism. Ah, right, here it goes. And I'm proud to have led the effort. This is the actual everything. This is the actual clip that he cut. Let's hear it. That I can to help lead this country in a direction that ends all forms of discrimination, racial discrimination, gender discrimination, and discrimination based on people's sexual orientation. I am the son of an immigrant, the proud son of an immigrant, and I will do everything that I can to make sure that we pass finally in this country comprehensive immigration reform and a path toward citizenship that we provide immediate legal protection to the 1.8 million young people eligible for the DACA program. So the goal that we have got to establish is to bring our people together around an agenda that speaks to all people. And that means guaranteeing health care to every man, woman, and child as a right, not a privilege. So he's literally laying out his complete plan in every, every single time he talks out the point. It's not... Well, yes, we can focus on this group, but we need to focus on every group. And let's get to the part where, you know, T1J cut out. 
than when we talk about minority communities when we raise that federal understanding. And that means guaranteeing health care to every man, woman, and child. With the rise of white supremacist violence right. to protect our communities. Absolutely. You know, as somebody who I, I know I date myself a little bit here, but I actually was at the March on Washington. This is the full clip, guys. And as somebody who actively supported Jesse Jackson's campaign as one of the few white elected officials to do so in 88, I have dedicated my life to the fight against racism and sexism and discrimination of all forms. And as president of the United States, at the very top of our agenda will be the understanding that discrimination of all forms has got to end, period. And you do that using the bully puppet and you use that doing legislation. If somebody wants to go around perpetrating hate crimes, that person will pay a very, very heavy price indeed. Thank you. Thank you. And I think what the questioner got, is getting at is a phenomenon that is actually global. We're seeing it. So, where was he using the defense of, I had a black friend? I, I, I'm sorry. Like, that's dishonest framing. That is literally dishonest framing. And T1J, he has access to the full clip. He knows this, this is dishonest framing. It's just dishonest framing. Uh, uh, it's just dishonest framing. He had access to the clip. Me and Wajita found this shit within motherfucking five minutes. Five. Five minutes. Like the fight of uh, Freeza on Nemec. It was five minutes. But, oh, he just used the express. Excuse, I have a black friend. Political left is often accused of participating in identity politics, which essentially describes political agendas that are mostly, if not fully informed by a person's race, gender, sexuality, religion, or other identity group. The modern Democratic Party in America has largely embraced identity politics as a core part of his messaging, and these ideas are generally mainstream in progressive culture. Republicans kind of also engage in identity politics, except they do it in a more dog whistly kind of way. How but you're doing it now. You're saying socialist don't give a fuck about black people's issues. We're clearly the person that you hold as a standard bearer for socialist policies literally says, no, I care about everybody's issues. But let's go. However, a lot of people dislike identity politics for various reasons, another thing about which I can make an entire video, but one major assertion that some make is that identity politics misses the forest for the trees, that there are more fundamental problems that once solved may address many of the issues that seem specific to certain identities. Some people even go so far as to say that a focus on identity politics will lead to the entire collapse of society. So, watch this. Watch this. Now, he actually gave a, a very cogent point. Let's, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, go back to a lot of people dislike identity politics for various reasons, another thing about which I can make an entire video, but one major assertion that some make is that identity politics misses the forest for the trees, that there are more fundamental problems that once solved may address many of the issues that seem specific to certain identities. Some this was in his script. This was in his script. It's almost as if he, he's literally... But it, Keep in mind. Keep in mind. Let's go. Some people even go so far as to say that a focus on identity politics will lead to the entire collapse of society. And so that's the fundamental danger of that group identity victimizer victim net narrative is that you fragment your identity in multiple dimensions. You'll find out that you're a victimizer and then everyone and everyone's a criminal and then everyone's guilty. That's exactly what happened in Russia. And this is a frequent criticism of left wing. 
why would you frame somebody who is Bernie Sanders, regardless of how I feel in him a lot, but why would you frame somebody that's Bernie Sanders in the same way Jordan Peterson frames identity politics? It's dishonest. It is literally dishonest. That is just dishonest framing. Unbelievably dishonest framing. Because you're trying to make the assertion that if socialists don't care about identity politics, they're just as bad as the Jordan Peterson reactionary community? How? How? How is that a thing? But it goes on from there. This is the reason why I did this video. Politics, but it's a criticism that also comes from within the left itself and often from socialists like Bernie Sanders. One of the struggles that you're going to be seeing in the Democratic Party is whether we go beyond identity politics. Messages like... This is the reason why I did this video. Now, again, if we want to get it in full context, and again, thank you to Wajita for actually walking through this with me. Let's, Let's go. Bernie Sanders, it's not good enough for someone to say, I'm a woman, vote for me. And this is actually back in 2016. November 21st, 2016. Bernie Sanders identified what he sees as a major struggle over what the sudden leaderless Democratic Party should stand for. Can Democrats go beyond identity politics? This is where it's going to be a division within the Democratic Party, Sanders said, Sunday in Boston, according to the Boston Magazine reporter Kyle Scott Claus. One of the struggles that you're going to be seeing in the Democratic Party is whether we go beyond identity politics. Having a party embrace both gender and racial diversity is necessary first step, Sanders said. But if identity politics means promoting black and female candidates who do not have the guts to take on the oligarchy, Sanders says, it's largely besides the point. I think it's a step forward in America if you have an African-American head or CEO of some major corporation, Sanders says. But you know what? If that if that guy is going to be sh- shipping jobs out of the country and exploiting workers, it doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot if he's black, white, or Latino. This is Sanders engaging in the fight over the Democratic Party's future direction and over the cause of Hillary Clinton's loss in the sharpest possible terms. It's not good enough for some to say, I'm a woman, vote for me, he continued. It, in what's hard not to read as a criticism of Clinton's campaign. No, that's not good enough. What we need is a woman who has the guts to stand up to Wall Street, 
to the insurance companies, to the drug companies. That is what he said. He didn't say anything about guilt or say anything about oppression. He is literally saying that, you know what? If you're with me, I don't care your sex, your race, your 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 gender identity, your sexuality. It doesn't matter as long as you have the right ideas. But if you get to the top and are doing the same goddamn thing that the people who were before you are doing, what the fuck does it matter? But again, T1J is doing a lot of dishonest framing here. But let's go. This tend to be unappealing to politically engaged members of marginalized groups. It may feel as if they're being told that their concerns either aren't real or don't matter. And this was emphasized because almost every time Bernie Sanders talked about race, he found a way to change the subject. And they are standing up today saying that we do not want young African-Americans to be afraid about walking the streets, you know, because they may get beaten up or, or, or murdered by police officers. But it goes beyond that. Uh, if you're looking at that generation today, those young people who are marching, my guess is 20, 25 percent of them are, do not have jobs because we're looking at massive unemployment today. So, you're criticizing a man when his main platform is making sure that people have jobs that can take care of themselves. You're criticizing a man. I, it's such dishonest framing. Um, it's, it's hilarious for years. Libertarian claimed that um, racists could be taken um, care of by the free market, but the moment large firms embrace um, anti-racist uh, uh, racism. They abandoned the idea of the free market. Yeah, of course. The go woke and go broke home crowd. Let, let's go. Yeah. Are you looking at young people who cannot afford to go to college or coming out of school deeply in debt? We're looking at 100 million Americans who have no health insurance today, despite the fact we pay the highest prices in the world for health care. I talked a lot about... So, again, this is so dishonest in this framing because... What it is actually saying is what Bernie Sanders literally is saying, and I hate to sound like I'm putting words in his ass, like, yeah, we know that there are issues with cops, and we know that there are issues with, you know, with, with, with you know, we know that there's an issue that's facing specifically specific groups of people. And yeah, that is a very big problem. But when you also have economic issues, not only do you have issues with the cops, but you also struggle to put food on your table. Like this is just this is just a thing that happens. Like it this is very quickly and I've watched this video, but this very quickly devolved into like well, you want to do all this good for everybody, but what especially going to do for black people? And it's just like, that's that, that's not how this works. If you get rid of some of these other line systems, yes, it won't completely kill racism, but some of the effects won't be felt as bad. 
well, let's let's let this man continue. Bernie Sanders, but this is a common aspect of socialist messaging across the board. You are quite frequently hard pressed to hear detailed discussion about race and other identity issues unless somebody forces it into the conversation, and even then, it's usually reframed through the lens of class. And socialists have been debating this for decades, by the way. This is by no means the first time the race issue has been raised, but it still seems to be a problem. <laughs> Just ask the DSA. To some extent, this is to be expected. And again, linking it back to cringy. Cringy college students or people fresh into politics. Like, this is literally just... Ah! It's fucking irritating. Because all it is saying is, well, we're not focusing exclusively on black people's issues, so fuck everybody else. Again, it's the... I don't mind the system as long as I'm not the target of the system. But when it's trying to help everybody else, it is a fucking problem because... Uh oh! What about just black people? And I, I tell I, I've had arguments about this with black people all the time. If you only focus it towards you, it's easy to destroy that program. Look at the way they did welfare and food stamps. They made the welfare creates a target, even though black people weren't the main people on welfare. But you want to actually rep, replicate the shit. For a new national entitlement. Because ego. But let's go. Expected. Socialism is at its core an economic theory. So you would imagine it would be economics focused. But when socialists describe their theory as being capable of solving social problems, which a lot of people would argue have causes and factors that are outside of the economic arena, I think that's where you lose a lot of people. And it's hard not to look at a movement that is so very white and not chalk this up to simply not understanding how racism works. Because we already see white progressives do that shit all the time. This is actually a lesson I think socialists can learn by observing white progressives. Since black people disproportionately vote for Democrats and like are black, I think a lot of people assume that the black community is super progressive and socially liberal. No, it's not. It's not. It's fucking not. It's fucking not. The reason why black people vote primarily for Democrats is because Republicans can't stop being racist. That's just it. That's the that's just the bottom line. But let's let's go. But you'd be surprised. According to a recent Pew poll, 68% of black American voters describe themselves as either moderate or conservative. Now, this is a point that, again, let's go to our resident researcher. Fuck. This dude should have did this video about me. <laughs> but our resident researcher. Now, this is the Pew Research Poll. And this is a breakdown of different different things. But the way T1J frames this as if, oh, no, um, um, this, if we add this number with that number, then we come out with the number that we want to actually motherfucking, we want to actually leave. You can say moderate to non is a condonation. And this is just like, this is what, this framing is just dishonest. It's just dishonest. Now, let's, let's hear him actually go back and finish this. Because he took some clips. 
and it's not as bad as Jimmy Dora clipping, but it is really, really bad. Oh, where? Here. Democrats voters continue to characterize their views as moderate rather than liberal. In 2019, 43% of black Democrats called themselves moderate, and 29 called themselves liberal, and 25 called themselves conservatives. So, 65%. Like, I can put 43% and 29% and call them more left-leaning. That's what we can actually do. Like I said, this isn't as bad as a Jimmy Dore clipping, but it is close to as bad. Let's go. A number that stayed relatively the same for the past 20 years. Interestingly, the number of white voters who describe themselves as liberal has doubled in that amount of time. And I wonder if the influx of cringe, performative white progressives who don't know what the fuck they're talking about is part of the reason that black folks explore other political ideologies. Wow, just let that whole mask slip off. Oh, shit. Like, fuck! Like, this is really just it! This is just like, uh, yeah. You know that white people are cringe? You know white people are cringe. Oh, okay. Some, some black people are cringe, too. I'm looking at one now. I, I just don't fucking get it. If you want, if you want better for your fucking community, if you want better for your fucking community, why fall down this rabbit hole? And I, this can't be too much longer. Let, let, let's go. Jeez. Socialists, this is your chance to not be cringe. One of Hillary Clinton's main attacks on Bernie Sanders in their battle for the Democratic nomination was the insinuation that he was a single-issue candidate. At a rally in Nevada, she told the crowd, not everything is about an economic theory, right? If we broke up the big banks tomorrow, would that end racism? As we know, Hillary Clinton... An advocate for breaking up the big banks. Oh, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, the advocate for breaking up the big banks. <laughs> Not somebody who was on the big banks payroll. I mean, like, and, you know, but come to think of it, who actually was pushing redlining? Hmm. Hmm. Rolling Stone called that the line that may have won her the nomination. Sure, it's a huge straw man and somewhat awkward coming from Clinton, who was fairly cozy with Wall Street bankers, something something emails. But it does make a salient point that many socialists have trouble addressing in a compelling way. It's really hard to, to I guess, present the kind of data and the kind of work that you're doing while simultaneously you're dealing with um, some of the most disgusting xenophobic and racist um, commentary and behavior from the right. So how yeah. do we overcome that to, to really share this message in a way that doesn't come across as dismissive? of the, you know, lived experience of, of, of minorities in this country. Yeah, million dollar question. Now, inevitably. Why did he cut him off prior to the end of the vid? The answer. Let's actually see here. Let's actually see that clip. Overcome the counterproductive and difficult nature of the kind of campaigning we see on the right. Um, you know, this is a little bit of an extension of Nando's question where I think both political parties lean into issues of identity and race, right. specifically because it's part of um, a culture war that they uh, want to distract us with to kind of avoid having to discuss the uh, you know, economic ramifications of what they stand for. But it's really hard to, to, 
I guess, present this is the whole video clip. Kind of work that you're doing while simultaneously you're dealing with um, some of the most disgusting xenophobic and racist um, commentary and behavior from the right. So how yeah. do we overcome that to, to really share this message in a way that doesn't come across as dismissive of the you know lived experience of, of, of minorities in this country? Yeah, million dollar question, super question. I think the, the, the place that I would start is to just note that if we emphasize, if we, if we emphasize the gap between the black distribution and the white distribution, you have to ask, particularly if you have the kind of analysis that I think a lot of people have about white Americans and the influence of racism on their convictions, you have to ask what is in it, what is, what is in it for them in that kind of politics? I, I think it's, it's natural to, to think that basically you would just turn them off and you would turn them off and make them perfect. Uh, you, you'd invite the right in, in effect, you, you know, because you're focusing people on the white black gap at every stage. Uh, you, you'd be focusing black people on a gap between them and white people, but you'd be focusing white people on a gap between them and black people. And it's natural to think that that would lead to a kind of xenophobic, racist politics. In fact, one of the points that we make in the essay is that our best vehicle for anti-racism is not haranguing white supremacists to try and turn them into altruists, trying to turn white supremacists into thinking that, in fact, they should uh, advance the interests of other people over and above their own, which is what race-based politics presents to them, but in fact, presents to them an agenda that is in their own material interests. And in that, like in trying to build a politics that is in the interests of both the black poor and the white poor, I think anti-racism is the natural consequence because to build any kind of movement, any kind of collective action movement, any kind of trade union, any kind of social movement, you have to see the people with whom you're building a movement as your equals. And so in that kind of environment, anti-racism is a natural idea. Anti-racism is a natural ideology of that kind of movement. That's what we've seen in the history of trade unions in the United States. We've seen a lot of nasty things in the history of trade unions as well. But where anti-racism has, anti has made inroads in the white working world. So we actually have the real framing again. This is this really share this message in a way that doesn't come across every the prominent black socialists and black socialist movements. We can point out that many black leaders throughout history were socialists, like Martin Luther King Jr. probably, and W.E.B. Du Bois definitely, or how almost every socialist that's been elected to Congress has been a person of color. It's definitely true that racial movements are often informed by socialism. The Black Panther Party was a socialist organization, and critical race theory is heavily rooted in a socialist framework. And it's also true that the understanding of the intersection of capitalism and racism has evolved due in large part to black thinkers. In his pamphlet Toward a Socialist Theory of Racism, Cornell West, himself a black socialist, admits something that white socialists often fail to either notice or acknowledge, that although racist practices were shaped and appropriate. So I'm going to end it here. And I'm going to end it here with the actual quote from the motherfucking article. So here, what, what do we have it? Was it this one? Uh, here. And let me just look for it. Give me a second, guys. I'm just pulling it up right now. Because this is just... So I did, I think I did find it. This is the actual phrasing. And here, fuck, fine. Let's see if I can actually search for it. Yes, I can. Control F.
This is the, I, I've actually found it in here. We're gonna actually look at it. The whole phrase. This is the shit that kind of pisses me off about it. But let's go. Yet marks in is inadequate because it fails to probe the outer spheres of American society where racism plays an integral role, especially in the psychological and cultural sphere. Furthermore, Marx's views tend to assume that racism has its roots in the rise of modern capitalism. Yet, it can easily be shown that although racism practices were shaped and appropriated by the modern capitalism, racism itself predates capitalism. Its roots lie in earlier encounters between civilizations of Europe, Africa, Asia, and Latin American countries that occurred long before the rise of modern capitalism. Racism is much as a product of international cultural ways as uh, it is modern capitalism. What kills me is this. A lot of these guys, they're so willing to say that we want black liberation, we want black, you know, exaltation. No, they don't. I'm going to end it right here. You just want to be on the top of the system. You hate being the product of or the target of a system. I don't know what else to say. Anyway, guys, like, share, and subscribe. Other other good shit. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm really disappointed. But I created like T1J. When you know what's going on, but you dishonestly frames the whole situation in order to what play towards our audience to say the DSA is cringy. We know that there are people that are focused on politics. And yeah, they're young and they're just starting off. We know that a lot of black people don't want to go for socialism because we've been sold a bill of goods that, yeah, we could beat capitalism with, 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 with our capitalism. Axe Tulsa had that worked out. Rosewood had that worked out. Whatever the fucking town it was. We had our own and we were selling our own. And it didn't work out for This type of shit irritates me. We're supposed to be better than the dishonest framing that we see from other people. That's what you want to believe. But nah, you don't want to believe that. You just think that you just want to be on top of it. This is the reason why I made this video. And to put it at the end of the script, like what Gina wanted to say, fuck you. No, but I can't do that. Anyway, like, share, and subscribe, and all the other good shit. Peace.